0: You may be seated. And I'd like to ask you to take your Bibles with me this morning to the book of John and chapter number five, where we were at for our scripture reading this morning. Very thankful for the opportunity to, to bring the word to you this morning. And uh, I hope that the Lord will speak to you. I hope that we'll trust him to speak from his word to our hearts. We know that the word is a powerful word. And uh, I'm, I'm not here to bring what I think or what my own opinions are, but hopefully that the Word of God would speak to you this morning. I want to draw your attention this morning to verse number 24 of John chapter number 5, and we'll take this for our our text this morning. Verse number 24, let's just read it one more time in John chapter 5. It says this, Jesus Christ is speaking. Verily, verily, we could say, truly, truly, I say unto you, he that heareth my word... And believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. And I draw your attention very specifically to those last five words, passed from death unto life. Sometimes we like to use these words as synonymous words, and and they very much are, to saying that somebody has been saved or somebody has been born again. Somebody is a Christian. Somebody who's a Christian might say, well, I've passed from death unto life. But even more than just uh, uh, a simple definition of of what uh, a Christian might be or someone who is born again might be, I think what we find in these words is really what we might say is the testimony of every believer. If you're here this morning and you have, have been born again, if you've heard the word and you've trusted in it, And then this is true for you that you might say that you have passed from death unto life. And uh, every single one of us who is a believer would say that once we were dead. Once we were guilty in our sin, we were dead in our trespasses and sin, as Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 tells us, we we were dead. And then we passed, that is, we were transformed, we were changed. You could say we were moved from one location to another. And now we, those of of us who have put our trust in the Lord, uh, have life, eternal life in Christ. And so as we see this phrase, we see that we have passed from death unto life. I wonder this morning, is that a a phrase, a, a terminology that describes you? Have you this morning passed from death unto life? Have you put your faith? See, see the reality is, is I think there's, we see in this, in this little verse, this little phrase that man, this man, the one who believes that hears the word of God has passed from death unto life. It tells us, it shows us that there are two states that all mankind is in. There, there are two locations or two positions that every single one of us is in. We are either in the, 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 the state of being dead in our trespasses and sin, or we are made alive unto Christ. We are either dead or alive. That's it. Sometimes you, you'll go uh, out to the streets and you'll talk to someone, and they'll say, well, I, I hope that I'm a Christian, or I hope that I have life, or I, I hope the day before that I, I stand before God will be an okay day, it'll be all right. But the reality is, is there is no hope phase there. There is no uh, place where you're, you're trying to be, have life. You're either dead or you're alive. Now, the good news is, is physically this morning, all of you are, are living. As far as I can tell, you all look like you have life. And what's interesting is in, in the physical life, we go from life to death. We start. We start at the at the moment of, um, of of birth. We start as a as a living soul. We are alive, and then eventually, as our life deteriorates over time, we will all die. Right, but it's different spiritually, because though we're alive physically, we're all born spiritually dead. Ever since the beginning of time, for as in Adam all die. Ever since. Adam tasted of the fruit in the garden. The Bible tells us that death passed upon all men. And so spiritually, our soul is dead without Christ. The reality is, is most people don't care about that that simple truth, that in their, their, their spirit, their soul, they are dead because they're so concerned about the physical They're so concerned about their physical life and how life on this earth is going and the joys and the pleasures of this earth that they don't care about the the reality that their soul is dead. I wonder if that's you this morning. Maybe you're here this morning and you've only come because one of your friends has drugged you in and you thought, well, I need to go and it'd be good. Maybe if I go to church, I'll get a few more badges or stars and the day I stand before God and it'll make me feel a little bit better. But the reality is, is you're still content on your physical life and content living spiritually dead. I wonder, is that you? Are you spiritually dead? Still in your sin? See, the Bible says for the wages of sin, Right? The payment for our sin, the price for our sin is death. It's death. And now now this is, this is one of the great issues because many of people in this world live, live dead with no life and no hope. And so I wonder this morning, have you passed from death to life? Are you in this? Have you passed from death to life? that begs the question well how does one pass from death to life okay if if i'm willing to recognize that i'm dead well how do i move from the state of dead cuz what what can a dead man do you you can you can go and in, and to the graveyards today and we can we can look at the, the the those who are dead in the grave what can they do for themselves nothing they're dead so how does one pass from death unto life? Well, let's look what the Word of God says here. Let me give you a bit of context in the passage. So Jesus Christ is here in John chapter 5, and He's, he's just healed a man who was, who is was very ill. In, in, in chapter number uh, 5, verse number 1, And after this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called by the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. And in these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. And it tells us in verse number five, and a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. And what happens at this moment is Jesus Christ heals this man. Thirty-eight years in his, in his infirmity, the Lord Jesus Christ heals him. But the problem was, well, it wasn't really a problem, but the problem for the Pharisees and the Jews at this time was he healed him on the one day of the week that, according to them, he wasn't allowed to. He healed the man on the Sabbath day. And so immediately, no doubt, the Pharisees, with their their itching ears, uh, heard about this, and they, they begin to uh, cause issues, and they begin to try to figure out who healed you. Why are you, why are you carrying your bed on the Sabbath day? Why are you uh, doing this? It's, it's the Lord's day. And so they begin to criticize, and so they come to Jesus Christ, and, and Jesus, verse number 17 of chapter 5, answered, My father worketh hitherto, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath in their eyes, but said also that God was His Father, making Himself equal with God. And, and this was, this was to the Jewish people, this was heresy, that a man would call himself God. Now, it wasn't heresy because we know that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. We know that because of the resurrection, He conquered death, hell, and the grave. Death, where is thy sting? Grave, where is thy victory? Jesus Christ has risen again. And so we we, we worry not, but... The Pharisees thought this was an issue. This this man, he he comes and he's healing people on the Sabbath day. He's a a Sabbath breaker. And now he's called himself equal with God. So he's a heretic in their eyes. And Jesus then goes on to, to speak to them and answered Jesus and said unto them, verse number 19, Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto you, the son can do nothing of himself but what he seeth the father do. For whatsoever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. Now, this is, there's a, what Jesus Christ is speaking about here is He's speaking about His union with the Father. We, we call this, sometimes we use the word the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. There are three persons in the Godhead. And, and so He's saying, I, I and my Father, I, I'm receiving my power from the Father. And He says this in verse number 20. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that he doeth, and he will show him greater works than these that ye may marvel. Notice this now, verse number 21. For as the Father raiseth up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. Now that word quickeneth we know means to make alive. See, the reality is as as we're asking this question, how does one pass from death unto life? The answer is right here. There is is one who quickens. There is one who makes alive. Life comes by one source. Who is that? Jesus Christ. Now Jesus Christ, he says, has that because of his union with the Father. Because he is God. See, the reality is, is the world wants to strip Jesus Christ of his divinity, of his deity. They want to say that Jesus Christ was nothing more than a mere man like the rest of us. But but quite honestly, there's maybe 200 people here this morning. What what is the one mark that seems to mark all of us is that we're broken, we're broken creatures. We we struggle, we get stressed, we get depressed, we 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 break the commandments. We are sinful. But see, Jesus Christ wasn't just humanity; he was deity. He was God. He was God incarnate, we say, God robed in flesh. He was God, and so this union of, of, his, of his relationship with the Father, the fact that He can say that He, uh, elsewhere in the Scriptures, I and my Father are one, is massive. Because it gives Him the right, not just to be God, but it gives Him the right and the power and the authority to give life. I wonder this morning, do you have life? Have you passed from death unto life? And if you say this morning, I I recognize that I'm still dead in my sins, can I tell you there is nowhere else to find it in this world save in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ is life. He is the one that quickeneth. Even so, the Son quickeneth. He makes alive whom He will? For the Father judgest no man, but hath committed. Notice this: hath committed all judgment unto the Son. See, see, God. God no doubt has the power, but He's given the responsibility to Jesus Christ to give life. The Scriptures tell us this. And in fact, if you read the book of John, and, and, and sometimes we, we're so used to reading the Scriptures a little bit here and a little bit there, but if you were to, to read the book of John through, you would find that one of the main themes of the Apostle John's, you could say, biography of Jesus Christ, his definition description of the life of Jesus Christ is that Jesus came to give life. Think about it. You read in the book of John, you'll find in John chapter. Four, that Jesus Christ is the living water. As he talks to the Samaritan woman at the well, he says, I am the living water. I can give you life. I can give you a drink and you would never thirst again. In John chapter 6, he says that he's the bread of life. John chapter 6 and verse number 35, it says this, And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He's not just just something to satisfy my my soul for a a mere time on this earth. He is the bread of life, of eternal life. He has come to give that life. Uh, Also, in John chapter 14, the, the Bible says, Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father, right? There's that union. No man can come to the Father, God the Father, except through Jesus Christ, because He is the life giver. And this morning you might think, well, I, I want to have life. I want to live the live the dream. Somebody says, I'm living the dream. I'm living the life. Can I tell you, you're not living the life unless you're living in Christ. You're missing out, because Jesus Christ alone is the life. In John chapter 10, you'll know this, all these I am statements. I am the door, verse number 9, John chapter 10. But if But by me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I love this. Jesus Christ is about to make a massive statement. He's going to tell us why he came to this earth. Notice what he says. But I am come that they might have life. That's why Jesus came. That's the whole purpose why why God gave him the power to, to, to be robed in the flesh, to become God incarnate, to come to this earth. And he gave him the, the keys to life that, that he might give it to mankind. I am come that they might have life. And then it says this. I love this. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Do you know the abundant life is found in Christ. It's not found in the, the, the carnal or fleshly or physical things of this world. We chase after that. I'm sorry to say it, but we, we are right now we are in a, a first world country. We've got everything we could ever want. Most of us today will eat food that, that could sustain a family and, and the rest of the world for a week, an individual why? Because we've got, we physically, we have the life. Maybe you think, well, I'm poor. You might be in, in this Western world society, but concerning the last 6,000 years of, of world history and, and the rest of the world, we are wealthy people. Every single one of you, and myself included, we have great abundance but we've been so uh, accustomed and so uh, we've, we've been prepared by this world system with adverts everywhere to think I need more, more, more. And so we think that life, abundant life, is in what we have. The clothes we wear, the cars we drive, the, the gizmos and the gadgets that we've got trickled around our room. We, we want to be able to say uh, Siri and then have whatever we want. Can I tell you, that is not the abundant life. The abundant life is not in your garage and in your tools and in your makeup uh, salon parlor that you have and your big mirrors. The abundant life is in Christ. We miss that, Christians. This this morning you, you, you come and you say, yes, Seth, I have passed from death unto life. Then why are you living the empty dead life of this world? Christ came to give abundant life. And, 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 and it takes us, it takes us moving our eyes off of the, the world's goods and, and turning them to God's glory, to, to the life giver, to, to the Lord Jesus Christ. Samuel Rutherford said that for every one look to self, take ten to Christ. We don't do that. We don't. We're so consumed with ourselves and sorting our own lives out. So, we're, we're, so for, we're, we're like the, the man, uh, the passage has struck me, the man who tore down his barns to build bigger. He, he, wanted to, he wanted to build bigger barns so that he could sit back with his feet propped up and enjoy his life, to be merry with his world's goods. And the Lord said, tonight your life will be gone. You, you, you gave it all to the physical world, but tonight it is gone. Why? Because set your affection on things above and not on the things of this earth. That's where life is, in Jesus Christ, in God the Father, right? There's a union, and, and, and you, you, you must understand if somebody's going to come to the Lord Jesus Christ by grace, are you saved through faith that not of yourselves is a gift of God, then he must understand that there's a God in heaven who sent his Son to die for his sins. We, need, we as Christians need to remember that constantly. We need to remember that life is in Christ. John chapter 5. I, he is passed from death unto life. That quickening power that God gives to us. I love in, in chapter 6 verse 63 it also tells us to, to complete that Trinitarian uh, thought. It is the spirit that quickeneth. It's, it's a work of God that happens in your life and you might not understand that i don't fully understand what that that passing moment the, 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 from death to life and the, and then and there's been controversy through the through the last thousand two thousand years of how that passing works some people think it's this way and that way i i don't i don't fully comprehend it and i don't think we will there are mysteries in this book that are hard to wrap our minds around but can i tell you something that that passing is only through christ it is only through the work of God. If you have life, you have Christ. If you don't have Christ, then you don't have life. It's, it's abundantly clear. Life, eternal life. Now, I love what it says here in, in verse number 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me. Believeth on God, right? The pastor spoke just recently in Romans chapter 1, the, the gospel of God the good news of God. It, it's, sometimes we forget that, that God is involved in our salvation because we're so focused on Christ. But, but notice this, he that believeth on him hath sent me. Notice what it says, hath everlasting life. Hath is a, is, a, is a present tense word. Sometimes we think, when I die someday, I'm going to have eternal life. The reality is, is if you put your trust in Jesus Christ, if you believed in the gospel of God, then you have life. It's a present possession, and that ought to change us. It ought to grip us to think that that I have the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, all of that now. I'm not waiting to have it someday. I can have it now because I have eternal life. I can have the abundant life in Christ. I, I don't want to be satisfied with the empty life of this world anymore. Do you? There's something greater for us. And it is found in Jesus. It is found in the Savior of the world. Will you have it today? Will you have it? I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Now, not only this. So life is obtained through Christ. It is obtained through this union of God the Father, verse 21, and through Christ and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. But notice also this, verily, verily, verse number 24, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word, and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. You know how someone passes from death unto life by hearing the word of Christ. We could say that life is obtained through the living Word, through Jesus Christ, and through the written Word, through the Word of God, can I tell you? No one comes to Christ without hearing the Word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Romans, Romans chapter ten says this. I'll go there quickly, because it, this. I know this is a. We hear this so much. Verse number uh, thirteen: For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Verse number fourteen: How then? Shall they call on Him on whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on Him on whom they have not heard? You, you cannot put your trust in something that you've never heard of, you've never understood, you've never seen before. And so and so he says this, How shall they believe on Him on whom they ha- have not heard? And how shall they hear? And this isn't just listening with your ears. There are many people who, who have heard the gospel, even in this tent who have heard this, this doctrine, this, this teaching that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, Time and time and time again, and yet continue not to believe it, because you know it in your head but not in your heart. They've heard, and how shall they hear? With how to preach, and how shall they preach? Except he be sent, as it is written. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel, priests, and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Some, some of us Christians, we, we like the prayer in, in, in Luke that said, as the as his disciples said, increase our faith. And that ought to be uh, an earnest prayer and an earnest plea of every single one of us. We have not the faith that we, we could or should have. Increase our faith. We, we like the, the saying in Mark 9 as the man said, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. But if, if you want increased faith, If you want stronger belief, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We we cannot neglect this book because it is the written Word of God. It is the the book that... that It's a living Word. It speaks. And it it speaks to us. For the Word of God is quick. It's alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It ought to deal with our own hearts and minds and lives. You say, I, I want to be, be a strong, faithful Christian. I want to be like, the, you know, you think of someone like David Brainerd or, or, or Mueller, or you think of all these people in the history books, Hudson Taylor, who, who really seemed to shake the word, the world. You know why? Because they had faith in the God of the Bible, because they knew him through his word. Do you know him? Do you listen to him? Have you heard his word? That is where life is. It's in the written Word, and it's in the living Word. Go to John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's, that's Christ. Christ is the written living Word. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Notice this, verse number 4. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. In Him, in the divine living Word, the Lord Jesus Christ is life. And if you don't know about Him, and if you don't understand what I'm talking about, then can I tell you, you can find out about Him in His Word. John chapter 20, verse 21, and I know I've said this before, but this is This is huge. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of the disciple, which are not written in this book. In other words, you know, Jesus Christ did a whole lot more when when he lived on this earth than is recorded in this Bible, okay? But he says this, but these are written. What we have here in, in, in 2023 written in the Word of God, but these are written, why? That you might believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through His name. Life is found through Jesus Christ. Life is found in the Word of God. I wonder, do you hear it tonight, this morning? Do you hear the Word of God? Do you hear the words of Jesus Christ who says, Come unto me. Do you hear the words of Christ as he stands with Nicodemus and says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have what? Everlasting life. I am the bread of life. I am the living water. I am the door. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Have you this morning passed from death unto life? Have you been converted Have you been born again? Have you tasted that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world? I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Let's pray. Father, we thank Thee. We thank Thee that Thou art the true and living Word. We thank Thee that Thy Son has has revealed Himself to us has shed His blood on the cross for our sins, Lord. And I ask and I pray that we would understand that the abundant life, the true Christian life, is found only in the Son, is found in the Word, Lord, and that we would just seek Thee, that we would know Thee, and that Thou wouldst be real to us. Lord, help us now, meet with us, and make Thy Word real to us this morning. I pray for those that are here this morning that are lost. Lord, I ask that they would find Uh, The truth, Lord, wouldst the sun quicken them? Wouldst thou make them alive, O Lord? Please work a work this morning, we pray. In Jesus Christ's name, amen.